Hi there, I'm Dan, and welcome, or welcome back, maybe, to the Shaw Vineyard Church Podcast. Hey, at the end of this episode, please take just a moment to subscribe in iTunes or in your podcast app of choice. That way, you can get every message from our church straight away on whatever device best suits you. You know, it's our hope that the message that you're about to hear in this episode would encourage you to take your best next step in your faith journey. So let's get straight into it. These last like few weeks as we've sort of come out of like level two and, and, and whatnot, I've found myself incredibly, incredibly tired. And, um, and yeah, oh, yeah, Calvin's a new dad, you know? <laughs> and for the longest time, I was, I, was, I was actually just describing it to the fact that I was a new dad, that, you know, we've got kind of these broken sleeps going on at night. And, um, and you know, so I was, I was quite sort of kind to myself about the fact that I was just feeling incredibly fatigued. Um, you know, uh, and so, and so, then I was having all these conversations. So, for those of you who don't know, I I work uh, work for a nonprofit, and I work with musicians, and 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 so I spend a lot of time doing pastoral care stuff. And I, I was finding that more and more of these conversations, these people were talking about how uh, fatigued they were feeling, how tired they were. And I was like, well, you don't really know. You don't have a kid, you know. <laughs> you don't really. You're not, really, you're not really that tired. But what I began to see was that, that there, is like a, there is a cultural or a social fatigue that is sort of permeating through society at the moment. I think when we came out of level two, we kind of we came out guns blazing, right? Chomping at the bits, support local business. Isn't that a wonderful justification for eating takeaways every night, right? You know, we were, we were ready to get into it. Did anyone go to the mall like the week after, like when level two started? Anyone? Oh man, well, you guys, so much self-control. But I couldn't believe it. It was like Christmas. It was like the week of Christmas going to the Northwest Shopping Center. It was like, it was just so full on. Everyone was like straight into it. And everyone was so keen to kind of get back into things. And even what I was seeing around me was that work was beginning to pick up again. And, and it was like very quickly we were racing back towards some kind of normal. And then at the same time, even as sort of life began to feel incredibly normal here in New Zealand, we became really aware of what was going on in the world around us. We became aware that actually coronavirus was still something that was affecting uh, many other countries in, in a significant and devastating way. Um, we began to see this sort of huge social unrest as like this, this critique of, of sort of broken systems um, began to come to the forefront and we saw people crying out for justice and then there's been this thing and I don't know about, about some of you but for me I'm like, oh man, there's now this like interconnectedness that makes me really worried that actually um, there's all of these protests which are, which are you know, raising important questions, but there's also still a pandemic. Um, and so there's people who are getting sick as well. Um, and then there's the weight of like some sort of impending uh, recession that's, that's on the horizon. If, you, know, you only need to spend five or 10 minutes on the internet to sort of see the fears about what is to come. There is a real... Oh, a real concern, a real uncertainty. In fact, there is a real uh, question mark over the future. There's a real sort of unknowingness about what is to come next. 
Um, this question mark over the future, um, it creates, I think, inside each of us a certain dissonance or a fatigue or, or even anxiety is a word that I'm hearing thrown around uh, quite a lot at the moment. There is this, there is this, uh, a real struggle to know what is to come. We just, we just don't know. But we know that there is some sort of significant change that, that quite likely things will never, ever be the same again. So in that sort of dissonance, in that fatigue, in that anxiety, I want to propose this morning that hope is something of an antidote. Hope plays the role of the antidote, an antidote to the chaos that, goes, uh, that is going on around us. Hope is something that moves us towards meaning. Hope is something that moves us towards change. It moves us towards justice. It moves us towards a clearer vision. Hope is this incredibly important thing that we need to utilize, discover, find, cling to as we move towards something better. Hope is the opposite of despair. And so whenever we see this sort of chaos unfold around us, it can be very easy to slip into that place of despair. Um, we can believe in that, in that place of despair that there is no purpose, that there's, that there's ultimately no narrative shaping our meaning. And so there becomes a real need for hope to exist. And I want to say this, that I think within the Christian narrative, within the story of Christianity, we are called to be merchants of hope because chaos is inevitable. Chaos is something that people have always had to deal with. And so hope for us and the thing that we're trying to pedal, the thing that we, we're wanting to be about, the thing we want to carry, hope is the conviction that despite what we may see and experience, everything is not meaningless. There is order amid the chaos, that there is a story driving all things to a culmination. There is meaning and purpose to this. And so what I want to do is uh, I want to explore hope a little bit. I want to look at effectively two two altitudes of hope that exist within the Bible. I want to maybe, um, maybe unpack a little bit of what, of what we think hope is and then hopefully uh, land it a little bit for communion. Um, <clears throat> hope is something that is not meant to be just some kind of wishful thinking or an unfounded optimism. Hope, uh, particularly in a biblical context, is understood to be uh, a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. And so I alluded to before this, these kinds of um, these altitudes that exist within the Bible. We sort of see this, this really big overarching narrative. There is this high altitude, a cosmic hope that we see stretching from Genesis to Revelation in which God eradicates evil and chaos from his creation and extends order, beauty, and abundance to the ends of the earth. Chaos is something that we see from the very beginning of the scriptures. Um, in fact, we see right in the very beginning of Genesis, we see, God, we see the Spirit of God hovering over the waters. The waters represent chaos. Let's do a quick little sidebar. Let's travel back to an ancient Mesopotamian world. The sea represented chaos. The sea was this big unknown. And if you want to try and understand and connect with how we can arrive at a thought like that, just cast your mind back to the Boxing Day tsunamis of 2004. Right? What we saw was the incredible force that the ocean can be. Now in the ancient world, the sea was where if people went out into it, they often got lost. They often didn't come back. 
There wasn't the navica navigation equipment that we have, uh, that we have today. Um, in fact, if boats were on the water, what they would typically do is they would sail r essentially along the coastline. They would never let land out of their sight because out there in the ocean, that, that was unknown, that was murky, that was unclear. There is only chaos there. And so what we see through the scriptures time and time again is that uh, the, the sea or the ocean or the waters represent chaos. And what's very clear from uh, the beginning of the story uh, is that this God uh, sort of presides over chaos, that there is, a, there is an order, there is something that happens above that. And so we'll see these stories through the scriptures of God overcoming the chaos. So, so God sort of preserving um, and moving towards new life in the story of Noah. Um, uh, we see uh, in the story of Exodus where the water is parted, where God demonstrates power over the water by parting the sea so that, so that the, uh, Israel can escape from slavery. We also see God uh, showing power over the sea um, as, they enter, as the Israelites enter the promised land, as they cross the Jordan. Um, going forward into the New Testament, uh, we see Jesus, you know, in a, in a moment with his disciples, they're on a boat, and um, there's, a, there's a big storm going on around them, and it says the disciples were afraid, and yet Jesus stands up and he commands the wind and the waves to be silent. And so there's a stillness that presides. God presides over everything. This is the movement that we see through the scriptures. Ultimately, we end up in the book of Revelation where there is this picture of essentially there being no sea um, and that there is, there is an ultimate order and the chaos is no more. This is the movement, the great sort of cosmic hope that, that arches and moves through all of scripture. Just visually, as you can see, I've discovered um, I can do slides with my Apple pen now, um, you know? <laughs> um, but we sort of see this movement that kind of comes through the scriptures. So this is what we would typically see, that, that, that this boat is like our little hope and that God is with us in the boat and we can kind of navigate through the chaos a little bit. But what we're moving towards eventually, the sort of great, great cosmic hope of the scriptures, is essentially no chaos and this sort of order where we are held with God in communion with God. That is, that is the sort of great... Uh, uh, meta-narrative arc that we are moving towards. And so there is this sort of high-altitude cosmic hope that is spoken about in the Scriptures. That is a story that is to be written on the heart of every person who follows Christ. That is the thing we carry. There's then this sort of second altitude that we see, which is much more of a personal one. There's this movement from God's story or God's kind of cosmic hope to the one that we experience personally. And so um, this we find uh, ultimately has to do with our sense of meaning and our sense of purpose. Um, it's, in, it's in that sort of pursuit and our desire for our meaning that we discover this lower altitude, this, this understanding of hope. Um, and often what happens when we talk about hope is we tend to connect it to external circumstances or external success. So we equate, oh, if this thing will happen, we're hopeful that, that this thing will kind of roll out. But actually the thing that, the thing that we see in the scripture and, and with that sort of bigger picture of hope in mind, we see that there is a real hope in just knowing and recognizing um, and resting and being in God. 
There's this invitation to um, find our hope with God rather than in circumstances. Um, and that actually, when we do that, if something was to happen, if suddenly our circumstances change, if, for example, there's a global pandemic and social unrest um, and a recession that we experience, our hope can remain intact because our hope is in our relationship with God and our witness with God. We can endure the storms of life that happen upon us suddenly, knowing that God is always with us. We can see this play out, this sort of big, this big narrative play out um, in a personal way uh, in King David's Psalm. Psalm 69 verses 1 to 2 says this, Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. So once again, thinking about that, that view of seeing the sea as the embodiment of chaos, right? The waters have come up to my neck. I sink in deep mire where there is no foothold. I have come into deep waters and the flood sweeps over me, right? There is this overwhelming sense. I don't know if I can deal with this. This is so full on. I, you know, this, this uncertainty, this question mark, over what is to come next. And yet, uh, further on in the psalm, uh, verses 14 to 15, uh, David says this, Deliver me from sinking in the mire. Let me be delivered from my enemies and from the deep waters. Let no flood sweep over me or the deep swallow me up. There is this confidence and this assurance that David experiences knowing that God is with him. He can kind of confront that. So there is this withness we can cling to. This steadfast hope, it's not swayed by what happens to us, the external circumstances. It isn't contingent on what God does or doesn't do in our life or whether we're blessed or cursed or any of those things. This hope that we see in the scriptures is about being anchored, consistent, um, solid in our relationship with God. Um, in that place, we're able to ascribe our, our meaning or our purpose or our value or our significance simply to that relational connection. That is the hope that we're able to carry. That is the thing that we're able to have with us. Um, Sky Jathani says this, What brings a person value, significance, and hope is not what he does, but with whom he does it. The call to live in continual communion with God means that every person's life, no matter how mundane, is elevated to sacred. Isn't that beautiful? So it doesn't matter. It's, it's not really about what we do or what we try and achieve or, or necessarily like, you know, what are we going to do as a church to respond to the pandemic? All of these are, you know, good questions, great things to wrestle with. But the thing that offers us real hope, the thing that sort of anchors us is just knowing that we are with God, that we are held by God, that there is this sort of big cosmic story and in it, there is, this, there is this movement towards order. That chaos ultimately does not reign supreme, but that God reigns supreme. That the sovereignty of God reigns over all. Life with God, hope with God, offers us this different understanding. Um, an, an understanding of hope not rooted um, in either circumstances or even in like a moral perfection, but it begins by simply remembering our calling, that our sense of purpose and significance does not come from any external construct. In other words, it is not our circumstances or behaviors or radical decisions that give our lives meaning and hope, but it's our unity with God himself. 
Hey, once again, thanks for listening. And if you're in the Forest Hill or the Bays area of Auckland's North Shore, we would so love to have you at our next service this Sunday. You can get details on service times and more info on our kids and student environments by visiting svc.org.nz. That's svc.org.nz. Hope you have a great day and we'll see you next time here on the podcast.